2: WGR. Here's
3: the American Dream. Dusty Rhodes and Dusty, your fans welcome you back, man. Sports Radio 550. I don't have to say a lot more about the way I feel about... Sports Talk Saturday. No respect,
0: no honor. There is no honor among thieves in the first place. He put hard times on Dusty Rhodes and his family. took your place daddy that's hard time
3: want to talk to the guys on sports talk saturday call or text us now you put hard times on this country by taking the roads out that's hard time sports talk saturday on wgr
1: talk Saturday here on WGR. Nate Geary has the day off. Zach Jones along with you for the next few hours. Still super cold. Corey Griswold hanging out with me as well behind the board. I Corey, I I can't do it with this weather, man. No, it's not good. I I cannot do it with this cold weather. It's uh, it was negative four
4: degrees when I woke up to come to the station. Um, and I get here particularly early, mm-hmm. so before the sun rises and.
1: <clears throat> no, it's no, not good. No, not feeling it. Not really. And I feel like it's partially my fault. I've been on a binge well, good work, as then, of late. jerk good work then, jerk. I know, I know. I'm, I'm going to take the blame here. I've been on a binge as of late watching. Have you ever seen Survivor Man? Oh, yeah. That's the one where the dude tries to survive and he's a man. Bingo. You got it. You okay. got it. So it's it, it's from like the, the early 2010s. I want to say like the last season was like maybe in like 09. Mm-hmm. But this guy named Les Stroud, he goes out there by yep. himself. He's more of a filmmaker from, you know. The the boondocks of Canada, you know, sure. out in, in out in the wilderness. And he's like, yeah, I'm just going to go out in these crazy environments and just survive. Mm-hmm. Well, when I was younger and I watched the show, I hated, like, the any of the cold environments. Norway, the Arctic, anywhere in Canada. I hated them. I'm like, I'm bored. I need to see you, like, hunting stuff, cool <laughs> shelters. Like, I'm not actually here to learn anything. I'm here to see, like, cool stuff that you build. That's right. But now that I've been on the binge, this is, like, maybe, like, the last week or so, mm-hmm. I've been watching the colder ones. Because he released all of it, like, on the YouTube. And I'm like... That's my guy right there. Full episode. <laughs> For, the, just, people. For oh, the people. Oh, yeah. Like, now I've just been staying up till like, 3 in the morning watching this man go, I'm going to kill that little bird because <laughs> I need food. And I'm like, let's get it, baby. <laughs> that's right. So I'm watching these ones, like these, like, these really snowy ones now. And as I start watching them, the weather turns to just so cold it hurts. Oh, that's cool. And I'm that's like, right. oh, They call this. that immersion. That's full yeah. immersion. That's right. Full immersion. I haven't, like, actually, like, worn my winter coat in like months are you just like a jeans and hoodie kind of guy no matter what the weather you're out there jeans hoodie and i'll throw on like my spring jacket okay like that's typically what i'll do and that's just because like i would look weird and i don't want to be like frozen but yeah. i'm going for like my car to the building or like my car to my house like it's not i'm not walking around outside i'm like throwing like the winter coat on like i'm like it's i'm it's too cold yeah it's the, I don't yeah, it's deal the real deal this. out there buddy i hate it uh my car yesterday i'm leaving here Last night around ten I I, I helped produce the uh, Niagara canisius game, which Niagara did win. Very, very exciting game. And my like door is like, creaking as I open it. And I'm like, this is such a problem. <laughs> like this is such a problem. Right. Yeah, just I'm not I'm not a fan of it. Also, I'm watching college game day today for college basketball, and it's North Carolina Duke. Okay. Which is like typically a very big rivalry. North Carolina
4: stinks, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Uh so does Duke. Cool. And that was my thing too, is I'm like, it's really Is cool. this like the saddest like Duke, Carolina, like rivalry game ever. Like they both kind of suck. Coach K's gone. Roy like Williams is also angle. super gone. Uh, that's yeah. It's fine by me. I'm totally yeah. fine with never hearing about either of those teams I've ever. I'm met. not gonna lie. Like I kind of am too. Like I'm a big college basketball junkie. I think a lot of people know that. And the Sabers have somewhat ruined that for me this year. Them being good has made my like <laughs> seven o'clock, eight o'clock windows at night Ooh, very filled. radically altering. Yeah, oh, very radically altering. And I've been, like, kind of catching back up, especially this weekend. Like, I'm going to have a game on in a little bit. I think it's going to be Iowa State and Kansas. <laughs> you know, a big barn burner here. <laughs> and I'm just like, man, like, now that Coach K is gone, like, Duke is just, like, a hoity-toity school in, like, Carolina, and I could not care less. Got news for but Always was. It, it always, that did not it always, stop because it had the small, was. angry guy on the yeah, sidelines. Yeah, always was. But I'm like, Coach K was like, yeah, but it's an athletic powerhouse. like. You're like okay, like there's like that cool little angle here. Now I'm just like, no, you're just a wannabe Ivy League school in the South. Go away. That's right. And then North Carolina,
4: 45 people can fit in this gym, and they all have a trust fund.
1: Yeah, it's beautiful. Cool. Love it. Love to root for them. Absolutely. I'm so glad I didn't go to a big school. I would have not graduated. There's not a chance I would have graduated. (laughs) Not a chance. I'm
4: sorry. I have to do what now? I have to do. I have to go to classes.
1: Mathematics? No, thank you. Yeah, not a chance. Not a chance. (laughs) Absolutely. But welcome into Sports Talk Saturday. Again, Nate Geary has the day off. Zach Jones along with you, along with, of course, Corey Griswold. It's going to be a lot of football today. The NHL skills competition right. was last night. I do want to spend a lot of the first segment on just all-star games in general. Okay. But it's going to be a lot of football today. Specifically, and I put this out last night, and you can call in and share your thoughts, or you can tweet at us the number today, 803 550 What is the biggest need for the Bills this offseason? Is it wide receiver? Is it offensive lineman? Is it other? Do you think that, like, no, we got to get a running back? Bijan Robinson out of Texas. I myself am a Texas fan. I've had to basically talk myself out of drafting in the first round, which I thought would be harder, but I just, I'm so against running backs in the first round that I'm like, not Bijan. You you just go do your thing in Atlanta when they take you like 11th overall. You're going to be beautiful. You're going to be wonderful. You go do that. But for me, personally, I've been on the wide receiver train for the last two years. Going into this offseason as well, the Bills have not, under this regime, drafted a wide receiver in the top three rounds ever under Bean, and I think that has to change. I know Brandon Bean will go out here and go, well, I I technically drafted Stephon Diggs with a first-round pick because I traded for him with that first-round pick, which I... So you drafted a 27 year old in the first round.
4: Drafts are trades, and trades are drafts. Exactly,
1: and and I and I get it, and I and I get that he likes to kind of be a little, little cheeky with it. But I'm like, okay, but like we're talking about a 21 year old on a rookie contract, not a Stephon Diggs who already got a big deal, and then you had to resign him too. Like Diggs has been spectacular, and I would not take away that move. But man, they got to get better there, and I think that they've actively tried on the offensive line. They have tried their best on the offensive line; it's not going well. With wide receivers, I don't think they've nearly tried hard enough. I think they've very much been maybe piecemealing it together. They've spent a ton of draft capital on both the defensive line, on cornerbacks, not really safeties. It's you know linebackers as well, and it's just it, it almost kind of sucks that like this is the year where I think they may actually finally do it, and it's not a draft class like a last year with a Chris Olave, Christian Watson, you know the years prior, Justin Jefferson and, and Devonta Smith. Like it feels like now. They are pretty regularly drafting in the late 20s, and we talked about it last week. They don't have a ton of draft capital to actually move up if they wanted to. Right. They have no 6th or 7th round picks. They have two fives, but that's not going to get the bar moving at all. So you're kind of going to be sitting at 27 likely and picking there unless you want to trade back, which I'm not horribly against trading back and like not even picking in the first round. The problem is,
4: is because the need is at such a position where there is scarcity mm-hmm. in the rest of the league. Because of you know you need f- three of them to be really good in the NFL, yeah. so everybody's looking for them. You can't find a discount to trade for during the season, right? Because during the season you can tra- like you can trade a fifth round pick to get a serviceable piece. Absolutely, that's what they got Heinz for, pretty yeah. much, right? So, but you can't do that at wide receiver because no. there's just none of them available. So even if you say like well you can move parts for you know you can move even with that stuff you can make something happen in the season because of the nature of that position you can't get it through the regular season trade market with what they have either you really are trapped
1: in thinking i got to get something in an early round if this is going to make a difference and and it's and and that's the key point is make a difference i think a lot of bills fans especially were very very frustrated i know i was one of them i i was openly one of them incredibly frustrated at the lack of using the rookies. I thought Elam by the end of the season was absolutely the best cornerback on the roster because Tradavius White is still getting used to like the, well, his knee. Now, you know, post the ACL injury and, and his surgery, it's pretty widely reported that it takes over a year to get used to that. That you you're there when you first get back, more getting used to playing and then you become the player you, or you used to be or hope you used to be the next year. Even Tom Brady went with, through that with his um, his leg injury. The next year he came back was not that great, and then he was back. It, it, it's for every athlete doesn't really matter position. Kai, uh, Khalil Shakir is somebody that every time they actively put him on the field and targeted him, he made big plays. He made consistent big plays for them. And they just never put him on the field consistently enough. And it was just, it was so frustrating for me to watch. And then they spent a third round pick on Terrell Bernard. Where where was he ever this year? They only really ever played two linebackers. So he was kind of stashed away. I don't think he was really much on special teams. And even then, if I'm spending a third round pick on a rookie and all he does is play special teams, I'm getting, I'm getting real nervous there. Now, of course, going into this offseason, is Edmonds coming back? So there is that kind of discussion of, I mean, is, is Bernard just going to take to in spot? That may happen. So something I'm thinking about is, I think about
4: the Niners, I think about the Rams, how they kind of sold out to, like, we're going to all in, this, oh, yeah. is, this is our window, so we're selling, we're going. Mm-hmm. But when they did that, they were moving parts to get high-end talent. And in a, in a place where they knew they were going to be self-destructing later, right? Mm-hmm. That's the thing. You activate the self-destruct unit, but in those minutes before it blows up is when you have all your power and you're going as far as you can. The Bills, however, have already allocated so much money to keeping people long-term that if they were to, like, let's say, trade for DeAndre Hopkins mm-hmm. and try to fit that in, they're already over the cap. There's nowhere to go. Yeah, they're going to have to do a lot of, of cap work just to even have money to spend. Right. So, like... Trying to do the, like, well, we're going to sell out and go for it now, often what you do is assume the finances and that you know will be bad later to do that or trade enormous draft capital to get guys who don't have that burden, and they have neither. So even if they wanted to go all hard in the paint, Niners, Ram style, they do not have the assets to accomplish that, either in cap space or in draft potential. They have to figure it out only through the more traditional means of Let's go draft a guy, or we're doing it with the parts we have.
1: It's it's going to be a very interesting offseason. I said it when the or team a bad lost. One. I, well, it, it could be bad. It could be bad. I think regardless, it'll be interesting. We're not going to know it's bad until they play. I it, think exactly. Yeah, you won't know it's bad till like October. Because if even they, that, if they
4: if they say we're going to rely on the draft we've already done, like mm-hmm. we're going to we, we trust our scouting, we trust our development, we're going to rely on the guys we've already brought in, and if they go flat. Like if they if they move uh, Bedford to safety and he stinks if they move, if Bernard goes in for Edmonds and he stinks and they like Shakir is now our guy let's start using him and oh oh like they're
1: toast you're they gonna don't. and that's the thing is you're, I, I said October but you'll probably know fairly early if ooh this is not going the way they want yeah because
4: they're not gonna have the flexibility if they're running for the first seed every year they can lose two games. So, like,
1: they're not going to have – like, they lose one early on, we're going to be like, oh, no. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, again, we don't even know what the schedule looks like next year they in lost, terms of, like, what's going on. But they we do know. lost three games last year. Yeah. That's it. Only three. And we do know already they're going to be and playing the many, Bengals, Kansas City, and Philadelphia. Yeah, and it was already two. All the way. Games. You're yeah. going to play those games all the way. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, it's – Stakes is high. I, yeah, it, stakes are high. Look, I, I said it, and I, and I still vehemently agree with this point. I haven't moved. The window is always open with Josh Allen on the team. Absolutely. Yes. Is. But if they continue to make his life harder, and I've seen people on on both spectrums of, well, the, the offensive line needs to get better. If that gets better, we'll be fine. Receivers will start getting open and we'll be fine. And I've seen people on the other side, and this is more, I would say, where I'm at. We need wide receiver help. That's how you make his life easier is get guys with speed, get guys with separation, that he can get the ball out and they're just open and bang, bang, bang. You can just start marching down the field. But I agree with both camps, but ultimately, here's the problem. The Bills have not botched, but really left open a wound in both spots. Spencer Brown at right tackle. There's been video all over Twitter of just his awful reps this year, especially even his rookie year in the AFC, in the AFC Divisional game against Kansas City where Josh had to make a miraculous play after Brown essentially just could spun around this year. He dealt with an injury in camp, basically got no reps, Gets thrown in eventually, and it just, it never got right for him. Roger Saffold, no, just not good. David Questenberry, kind of the same thing. They sort of I don't want to say they got just kind of castaways off of Tennessee, but I think they tried to get those guys to almost improve the run game, and then when they didn't do that. Their already bad pass blocking grades really showed out. It just they're they're trying. They are trying. Cody Ford was a second round pick that I they were really excited in. That was bad. Mm. That one did not work out. The best offensive lineman they drafted, White Teller, they traded away because he wasn't that good with the Bills. But the moment he wound up on the Browns, he exploded into an All-Pro guard. I mean, it's they it changed their painful. coaching
4: staff on the offensive line, yeah. to improve it. And Cromer hasn't really done much. I mean, but is that the talent? Is that the coaching? Who knows? The problem mm-hmm. is, is that you got a problem there that is good enough to get you again. An enormous amount of wins in the NFL, and not good enough to propel you through when you are constantly playing top-tier opponents. Because they're better than most, but not better than all. And that's yeah. that's where they are right now. And that can win you a Super Bowl, but it doesn't. Like, they are they got beat. Got beat by the Bengals. Last year, beat by the Chiefs. Beat by the Chiefs before that. Okay, those are the best
1: ones, right? Mm-hmm. Bengals, really good. Better than you right now, because they, they beat you. Well, and, and the Bengals are going to run into an issue the Bills have right now, too, where... How are you going to sign back everybody? Sure. There were reports. I, I, slash Reports slash it was like, oh, what could happen? Because that was kind of a weird situation. But T. Higgins mm-hmm. is coming up, and there's reports that he may be looking for a wide receiver one money. And he would be getting likely paid around the same time as Burrow, mm-hmm. but then Jamar Chase is coming up. And Jamar Chase is absolutely oh, worth yeah. wide receiver one money. Yeah, sure. They are not going to keep the, most of that team together. They are very much in their way And window they'll now. replace him, probably. And they'll replace That's... him, probably. Kind of the same thing with the Bills. Their window's always open as long as Joe Burrow's the quarterback. Yes. And especially with whatever's going on in Baltimore, if, sure, they're they're trying to hire an offense coordinator now that them and Greg Roman have split ways, they fired him, whatever. They can say however they want. They fired him. But are we sure Lamar is going to still be a Baltimore Raven? Yeah. Are, are we positive on that? Like, right now, Burrow is easily the best quarterback in the division. Is time to finally move Lamar Jackson to wide receiver? <laughs>
4: And answer the <laughs> Bills' problems. We we bring it all the way back to the draft. Bills sign Lamar Jackson. What everybody goes to their phones as a wide receiver. receiver. Oh man! Oh my goodness! The, you you think it's cold outside right now? It'll be summer in February if the Bills get oh, that. It'd be wild. That. It'd be wild. Listen, you got to think outside the box. You I'm have just to saying think outside the box. Apparently,
1: yeah. My proposal: sign Lamar Jackson as a wide receiver. There you go. Oh, what what a time that would be! <laughs> but it's just I don't know. I like I'm I'm very excited for this offseason because. And, and, I, and I've said it before, and I'm, and I'm probably going to keep saying it all offseason. I liked how the Bills lost because it it, bear, it bared all of their weaknesses out there. You couldn't leave and go, nope, they're just a Von Miller away. Von Miller wouldn't have made that much of a difference in that game plan. I
4: mean, I, I'm going to look back at this time, and I'm going to think Von Miller is
1: the, the thing that killed
4: him. Losing Von Miller, but also losing him for this year and probably most of next at peak of Von Miller yes. is... It's going to hurt him, but I don't know if it changes that game plan much. No, probably doesn't, which is, well... You know the problem yeah. also is the game plan didn't change that yes. much. Um, that you know the coaching staff screws it up just enough. Mm-hmm. Like everything goes wrong for the Bills just enough.
1: Yeah, but like, and I'll and I'll say this, and this is for the people that are listening that want Sean McDermott fired or Leslie Frazier fired or Ken Dorsey fired. You're never gonna get it? You're not gonna get it. Well, w- they win too many games. They look too good. You're not gonna well, get it. They win too many games. But here's the thing. Let's say, like we brought up, this off season, it goes bad. Mm-hmm. All their draft picks from last year, they try to move them around, and they. Not good. Right. And then in this draft cycle, like so we're going off that, they don't draft a wide receiver, maybe they draft no lineman, maybe, and if this happens, I'm going to lose it, Corey. I'm going to snap. They draft a defensive lineman in the first round. uh, Listen, it's going to rock. It's (laughs) going to rock. It's absolutely going to rock. But if that happens... I want
4: to hear them describe somebody as being long. In the first round, like just, he's got, you know, you can't teach size. I'll
1: punch a computer. <laughs> I will punch a computer. We could I, use some replacement computers. Right? We, we could use. I'm talking about my laptop. I will. I, just, I will break my own. I got things. a four three ratio monitor. I'm looking <laughs> at right here, man. But if that happens and they do take a step back, they go what thirteen and three or thirteen? Yeah, thirteen and three this year. Eleven and six last year. How big does a step have to be for for alarms to go off? They lose the division. I. But I mean, like do, they can lose the division and win twelve games. See, I don't think they can. I think they lose the division, they win about 10 games. Hmm. I don't think Miami's that much, or that good enough to them all of a sudden win 13, 14 Miami games. could have beat them three times this year. They could have. But so that's the step back, is all of a sudden, they beat them. And they take the division, and they take the step back. Now all of a sudden, for three straight seasons, you can make the argument, if you're the Bills, if you're the Pagulas, the Bills, they're only getting worse. We made that AFC Championship game, and we're only getting worse. Then you might get your request. I mean... I'm not saying it definitely happens, but this is a very important off for the future of of these people that have been a major part of the Bills becoming a respected organization, not in just football but in sports. And it could all crumble very, very quickly.
4: Right. I am. I think that like they're the ex- the coaching staff on the team is the exhaust port on the Bills' mm-hmm. Death Star to me. Like that's the, the critical weakness is them because they do things in big moments that are stupid and get the team beat. You, you, you can't be a bend or break defense
1: anymore. You can't.
4: The defensive game plan against the Bengals was garbage, and the Bengals murdered them for it. They yep. Just doing, like, what are they doing at the end of the divisional game last year against the Chiefs? Sean McDermott going in and being extremely timid in the championship game against the Chiefs. You can look at each loss that denied the Bills a chance at the Super Bowl and say, Coach did it. Yep. And... For me, if I'm now again, I'm slightly biased here, and I, I'm not advocating for them to
1: be fired. I, they're absolutely not going to be fired. Well, no, I, yeah, I was going to say, we not happening. Yeah, we're we're too far into the off season now. If
4: I'm a fan of the Bengals, if I'm a fan of the Chiefs, if I'm a fan of the Eagles, I'm looking at the Bills, and I think I know what their weakness is. Their coach will screw it up. We'll do something stupid, and our team will take advantage of it.
1: Yeah, I mean, like until they show that they can change as well, like, yeah. we're at a don't point. Don't do something stupid. Like you know, the defense going to play soft. Generally, they're sp- going to make sure we don't hit the big play. Right. So just kill them with a thousand cuts. Generally speaking, smarter than the other
4: teams. Like they were like even during during the regular season they rarely looked disorganized like rarely they yeah. always knew what they were doing they always mm-hmm. knew the plan they always looked prepared and then suddenly you wake up and you show up on a, a, the biggest game of your year so far and nobody looks like they know what football is and flat
1: and they're just and they're flat
4: yeah and like again a, a list of extenuating circumstances that goes all the way out to the parking lot so who knows but again you don't get opportunities to win the Super Bowl often so yes there. There are plenty of excuses you can make up for why the Bills have failed three years in a row mm-hmm. to achieve their goal with an opportunity to achieve it. A puncher's chance to get to and win a championship. They've had three looks at it and they have failed three times. And I don't know what that means
1: long term, but that is the fact of it. Well, yeah. I mean, like, that's the thing. And as well, you haven't even made the Super Bowl. Exactly. That'd be one thing if, like, you got there and lost. It'd be like okay, well, well, we know how to get there. After right. that, it, it's for, for the most part to me. When you get the Super Bowl, it's a complete coin flip. And, and like complete I, coin flip.
4: They, you know, how long did it take Andy Reid to win
1: a Super Bowl? Yeah,
4: also he, he lost four <laughs> NFC Championship games right. before he even made one. Exactly. Do you want to be? Do you want to be caught in good team but not good enough hell for eight years? Mm-hmm. No, that's not the. That is not the model to point to. Like, don't. Point at Andy Reid and say, like, hey, look at this guy. Look how
1: long it took him to finally break through. That's not a good thing. Yeah, also, he had to do it on a second team. And as well, Andy Reid kind of also had the issues. Like, as great as an offensive guru he was, his teams with the dynamic Mab, and I'm talking, like, the teams that eventually got to the Super Bowl against the Patriots, they had to trade for Terrell Owens because, oh, my God, that receiving core was bad. And I would like to point it out was th- awful.
4: Andy Reid is one game away next week from being caught in that hell loop again. Because nope. yes, they won a Super Bowl. God bless them. They go to the Super Bowl and get trunked by the Eagles, and it doesn't go well.
1: It doesn't matter. All of a sudden, they've been, they've been to what five AFC championships. Been to a games. lot of AFC championships here just now, and that talk comes right yeah. back. Yeah, I mean, like that, well, that's the thing. We we, we you know we we're listening to the show right before us so where they're talking about the Brady versus Mahomes thing, and like Mahomes is not going to get seven. Yeah, he he uh, he's already off the pace. Yeah, here's he's already the, off the pace. Exactly. Here's the thing: you do it or you don't. You either
4: win the championship or you do not. Most teams mm-hmm. do not. So the right now, the Bills are a not. And yeah. like going forward, they've won a ton of games. They have so much talent. They're explosive. They're fun. Not kind of explosive, actually. They weren't really, but like they're they're good. It's they are undeniably good. They're not the best, and the point is to be the best at one point. I don't know what you got to do to do it. If that means you fire the coach, eventually, by the time you get to eventually in the how with how good the Bills
1: are, it's way too late. I I will tell you, and and, and I've and I've heard some people, you know, from the afternoon guys with with Mike and, and Bulldog, and in and the morning guys. Howard and Jeremy and Joe. For me, a lot of people are like are now talking about like you know Mahomes and Burrow. Like is Burrow now actually the Manning to Mahomes is Brady, and we're looking more at Allen as the Roethlisberger Rivers of this era. I don't even think Burrow has earned the Manning thing. I think he's a, I think he's in also in his own little middling tier of the same <sighs> right. with with Mahomes. He's early like this is what his fourth year, and he's now made two AFC Championship games. He's won one, lost one. Allen actually does remind me a lot of early years Manning. Right. Which was 13 and 3 after being last in the division. Does anyone remember what happens the next year? They don't make the playoffs. It's also deeply clumsy. Like, they're not
4: real analogies. They're not not at all. These are just analogies we use to structure the arguments we want to
1: make to fill airtime. But, like, Manning makes what? Three Super Bowls. He wins. No, he makes four. He wins two. Right. Because he makes two with Denver, two with Indianapolis. And he had to deal with way worse coaching mm-hmm. than the Bills are now. He had a terrible defense, but he also had a way easier conference. He, honest to God, played awful games against Brady. Allen against Mahomes, for the most part, pretty outside, good. Of, outside of the AFC Championship game, really, has been very good. Allen's had one bad game in the playoffs. Yeah. It was the last one he played. It was the last one he played. But for the most part, he's a, been very, very good exactly. in the playoffs. And that's,
4: again, that's a sign of distress. Yes. Because you're getting the best out of Allen in the playoffs and he still didn't make it. And that, there's no guarantee that ever shows up. It no. Doesn't, it does not have to show up again. The Bills do not have to be good forever. This could have been it. Like, as much as we say they're good, they'll stay good, everything's good. Yeah, great. You're talking to a history major. I'm sorry. The, the yeah, I was going to say, it, it can all change.
1: Yeah, there do not have to be happy endings. Yeah. Oh, God, no. Right. But that's where I think this this offseason is so important, especially the draft as well. If they if they really did watch that game against Cincinnati, and I'd even say the second half of the season, which we know from Brandon Bean's comments, which was the offense stalled. It, everything looked difficult after... The bye. Really, that second half of Green Bay on everything looked difficult. If they really did watch that, they know they need wide receiver help, and they know they need to get better at the offensive line. I think they can take a step back off the defense in terms of who like the the stud playmakers on there, because if you have the quarterback, and you load him up with weapons, you've got a shot. Score 28 points
4: a game. Yeah. make Have the opponent score 25, exactly. and, you're, and you're a bad defense, and you still win almost every game you play. Yeah. So... The thing about the Bills now is that they are trapped. We are trapped in the loop of a—they're really good, so making changes mean, seems stupid. Mm-hmm. They're also not good enough to overcome the elite competition they seem to be against. Yeah. And you are just—there's no way out of that. You are just along for the ride. Because every rational thing you can say to a, a radical change of, like, we're not firing the coach, we're not—that's stupid, look how many games I That Gets you to just stay put. It's status quo. And right now, the status quo means you lose in the divisional round. Yeah, so like you, as a Bills fan, are just in this spot where it's like, what do we do?
1: You're strapped into the roller coaster and you're going up. Yeah, that's it. I mean, like you have no idea really what's coming. Up, so you, you can you can offer up suggestions, ideas, all that stuff, but at this point, the ride is moving.
4: That's the case when people make that them losing big mm-hmm. would mean that it gives them more freedom of action, but also means you suck. Yeah. So like. What's the best possible outcome for the Benz? Oh, just please win a championship. Because yeah. if you win a championship, all those pressure is relieved.
1: Tony, just win one after that, everything is great. Uh, yeah, everything that, else Sean is. Sean McDermott gravy. can coach your team for twenty years, nobody cares. Yeah. Like, but unt- Even the Chiefs, we talked about it. Like it's going to start coming up. Right. Who cares? They yep. won a championship. Exactly. They're no good.
4: That talk will be there, but mm-hmm. no one will care. Yep. Andy Reid can coach there until he doesn't want to coach anymore. Bingo. It- McDermott wins one Super Bowl and gets through this just per- gets through that permeable barrier of the Chiefs. And the Bengals, because they can beat those teams. Mm -hmm. Like, you just get through it once, and everybody shuts up. Yep. But until they do,
1: we've got talking points. We've got talking points. We're going to take a quick time out. We come back and to preview the rest of the show. Coming up next, NFL Draft and Player and Analysis for CBS Sports. Chris Trapasso joins us next. And at 1 p.m., Bills Beat Reporter for Syracuse.com and host of the Shout Podcast, Matt Perino, will join us again at 1. That's coming up. This is Sports Talk Saturday. Nate Geary has the day off. I'm Zach Jones along with Corey Griswold, and you're listening to WGR.
3: Listen to WGR Sports Radio 550 and thousands more, plus millions of podcasts, all on the free Odyssey app. Download it today.
0: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today.
2: shopcom now to see all the new t-shirts,
3: sweatshirts, and hoodies that just dropped. Perfect for a holiday gift for the Buffalo sports fan in your house. Get a Victory Monday hoodie for yourself while you're there. WGR550shop.com.
1: Welcome back to Sports Talk Saturday here on WGR. Nate Geary has the day off. Zach Jones along with you, along with Corey Griswold behind the board, playing some very intense NFL music, I might add. I like looked at my clock and I'm like this seems a little early for like like really like heavy beats and I'm like it's 11:30. Nope, we're good. It's 11:30. Without further ado, on the West Hur Hotline, NFL Draft and Player Analyst for CBS Sports, Chris Trapasso. Chris, welcome to the show, my man. How you doing?
5: I'm doing pretty good, Zach. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, no problem. Thanks for coming on. You know, Chris, we're we're, we're jumping now. I mean, it feels headfirst into the off season, especially if you're a Bills fan just getting away from the divisional round against the Bengals and just when's free agency, when's the draft and all that. And, and for me, at least personally, I mean, this is how my fandom with the bills stayed afloat because we were so bad for so long. I just looked forward to the draft. I mean, the senior bulls today, but looking at the current bills roster, where do you think their biggest need is this off season? Not in even just the draft, but just overall, where do they need to improve the most?
5: I still think that it's wide receiver. I know a lot of people after the bad taste that they have in their mouth from that Bengals game would say offensive line because the Bills couldn't really get a consistent pass rush on Joe Burrow even without three starters up front for Cincinnati, and the Bills' offensive line was really bad in that game against Cincinnati's defensive line. But to me, in today's NFL, you need at least two high-caliber wide receivers, and I think the best teams have three really good Pass catchers that maybe is including a tight end as well. And I think down the stretch and then in the playoffs we saw, and some of it was due to injury, Jamison Crowder going down, Jake Kumaro, who is kind of a bottom of the roster guy to begin with being injured, but Stefan Diggs, Gabriel Davis, not taking that big leap that a lot of people expected. The bills were leaning on John Brown late in the regular season, Cole Beasley, who, You know, was signed to the team late in the year and and is up there into his 30s, I think that is the most glaring need that the Bills have uh, that would help Josh Allen the most. Certainly offensive line is very much up there as well, and I know it's going to be a big debate. You guys will probably talk about it a lot over the next couple months. Is it offensive line or wide receiver? But I think receiver moves the needle more than anything else in today's NFL.
1: Which receivers are you really – zeroing in on in, the, in this draft class i know that the the talking around this class has been it's not as as top heavy as some of the past few years we've had with guys such mm-hmm. as devonta smith justin jefferson chris Olave. i mean you can just go down the list but i mean for me at least someone like jalen hyatt who could maybe even find himself in the late first round after running what i assume is going to be a blazing 40 i i do still think there's going to be some guys that jump up in this draft class who have you been looking at maybe even especially at the senior bowl this weekend
5: Well, yeah, I mean, what I think is is really interesting about that and what bodes well for the Bills is that this is not a draft class where I I don't presume we're going to see two, three receivers go in the top 10 or top 15 like they had the last couple years. So that's good for the Bills. Picking in the late 20s, they might be able to get maybe the second or third wide receiver off the board who they probably feel is a high caliber talent but just because it's, it's not, you know, Jamar Chase or Jalen Waddell or Garrett Wilson being picked in the top 15, they'll be able to still get them. Um, Jalen Hyatt certainly makes sense. um, If you want just pure speed down the football field, two guys, I really like uh, Zay Flowers from Boston college. He's a little bit shorter. He's only five, nine, but he's got good bulk to his frame. He's like 182, 185 pounds. So he's not, he's not Roscoe Parrish. Like there is some meat on his bones and he's, good after the catch there's the speed element to his game the one that's not being talked about a lot who i've mocked to the bills a lot because i like him uh, is parker washington from penn state and he might even be available in the second round if the bills ultimately decide to go offensive line in the first round because i'm the biggest proponent of the bills need to get better with yards after the catch i was on with uh Chopin the bulldog uh last week and that's what i said like the biggest priority whether it be positional or coaching or scheme is just you need to get better after the catch. And I thought it was interesting, last night Jeremy White tweeted an article uh, from PFF, a, a, a data study that was done that was kind of pitting the methodical drive philosophy of you know just dinking and dunking down the field trying to get first down against the offensive philosophy of just trying to create at least one explosive play and what that does for an offense. Certainly the Bills were trying to do that, especially late in the season by chucking the ball down the field in that study, they found that having one explosive player, certainly two does crazy benefits for the offense in terms of scoring points um, throughout the game. So I think you can look at it and say, okay, well they have the quarterback to do that, who can throw the ball 70 yards down the field, but they also found that wide receiver play is the biggest indicator of whether or not, you can create that explosive play of 20 plus yards. And the one area I think during the entire Josh Allen eruption that started in 2020 that has been lacking on what have been very good Bills def- or Bills offenses is their lack of consistent yards after the catch. And Parker Washington, I'm not going to call him the next Debo Samuel, but when you watch his film at Penn State, very, very similar. He's around the same size, like six foot, 220 plus pounds and can take that high percentage throw that a lot of people were wanting from Josh Allen later in the season that he just didn't trust his receivers to create a big play from can take that high percentage throw and create a 15, 20 yard game. That's to me, the type of player that the bills desperately need on this offense.
1: Looking around at the rest of the wide receivers as well, it, as you said, Parker Washington might be a guy that they can get in the second round and, and, I've been hearing a little bit about him. I'm somewhat late getting to these to these draft guys, namely just because the Bills have been good and now my, my draft kind of, I guess, deep yeah. dives have kind of been pushed back a little bit. But two guys that I, I was very interested in this year that they, I guess, both have kind of had dips. Jordan Addison out of USC coming off of Bolitnikov season with Pittsburgh, he transfers over, and his numbers just didn't look... I guess it wasn't even nearly as good, but Caleb Williams wins the Heisman. And then out of Ohio State, wide receiver Jackson Smith. I hope I'm saying this right. Jackson Smith, Ninjaba, he gets hurt, but it seems like the discussion around him is like you either love him or you hate him. What's going on with those two guys?
5: Yeah, that's a good question. What's And, and those are certainly wide receiver prospects that Bills fans want to familiarize themselves with over the next couple months because they will be on the radar when the Bills pick in the late 20s. With uh, Jordan Addison, I, and I really think both wide receivers, they're a little smaller, and I don't know if they're crazy athletes where they're going to run sub-4-4, four, four, they're going to have a 40-inch vertical, they're going to check those athletic boxes that we saw from like Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave last year. Um, so I think that's kind of why there's not as much buzz about them. I mean, Jordan Addison still had a great season at USC last year kind of reminds me of a less athletic Garrett Wilson. And then with Smith Najigba, he's kind of like a Robert Woods type, maybe gives you a little bit more after the catch um, in terms of just, he doesn't, he's not physically imposing. Again, I don't think he's going to run crazy fast. I don't think he's going to have a 40 inch vertical, but in terms of just reading, whether it's man or zone, understanding where there's a, avoid for him to sit down in or, you know, if he needs to continue his route, if it's man, he's really good at the nuanced things. And just certainly because he barely played in 2022, there's just not going to be a lot of buzz about him unless he has that big combine. So those are two receivers who I think will probably be there. Maybe not Jordan Addison, but I think Smith, the will be there that will certainly, or I would like to see the bills spend a, a lot of time on potentially considering because i am again team wide receiver in the first round they're not two game breakers that i think are going to have 1400 yards in their first season but as a very um, attractive number two to with josh allen as the quarterback i think they could be very good and that type of dynamic inside out slot or on the perimeter wide receiver that the bills need
1: with the Senior Bowl being today at 2.30 as well, so if you do want to watch that, that's going to be on NFL Network at 2.30. Who has had maybe the best week of the Senior Bowl for the practice, and who has seemingly had their stock fall? It's been a big thing, especially for the Bills, getting guys from the Senior Bowl. So who's, who's really been on the radar there?
5: Yeah, I will stay at wide receiver just because I think a, a lot of listeners, a lot of Bills fans are, are going to really dive deep into that class. Jaden Reed from Michigan state watching him on film the last three years when he transferred from Western Michigan, I truly got Stefan Diggs vibes. He's not very big. He's right around six foot 190 pounds. He's pretty much the same size as Stephon Diggs plays way bigger contested catches tracking the football down the field outstanding in that regard games against Ohio state Penn state, where you're like not expecting him to come down with the football and find it being that little he was, and he's very good after the catch. And I think he's sneaky fast. I think he's going to run sub four five. He really turned head this week in mobile with his route running uh, subtleties throughout the route to swat away the hand of a cornerback. Again, tracking the football down the field. He's, I mean, it seems like a lot of people have certainly, Um, raise their stock, which I think is always kind of silly just from like three practices at the Senior Bowl. But Jaden Reed is one that if the Bills decide to go in a completely different direction and they want to wait for wide receiver, it's kind of hard to peg because going into the Senior Bowl, there wasn't a ton of buzz for Jaden Reed because he did have somewhat of a disappointing 2022. But he was on the first or second round radar after 2021. It was kind of quarterback play wasn't as good this past season. He could be available maybe even on early day three and is someone I think is very NFL ready. Also the interior offensive lineman, John Michael Schmitz from um, Minnesota. He's an older prospect, but he is a plug and play center. So if the bills decide to cut Mitch Morse or whatever happens on the interior, he could be someone that certainly would be on the radar Probably not the first round, but in the second round, for sure. It's fortunately for the Bills, a very good interior offensive line class. Not that we're going to see Quinton Nelson type go in the top 10, but second, third, and fourth round centers from Michigan, Wisconsin, Minnesota, who I mentioned. Uh, There's a bunch of center guard type players that are really good. And they're veterans. They're bigger. They're not these projections where you don't think you can play them right away? They can come in right away as rookies and be good.
1: I've seen a lot of people just doing early mocks, having Osiris Torrance going to the Bills in the first mm-hmm. round. What can you tell me about yeah. him? I'm I'm just seeing right now in a few uh, draft rankings that he he's coming in seemingly as the number one interior guy. Is he somebody that could even be there at 27? Or I mean, like you said, it's a very deep interior class. So could this be kind of the wide receivers from the past few years where people wait a little bit?
5: Yeah, it's. I would say it's too early to tell if if he's going to be able to, or or if he will be there for the bills at, at 27, but he does seem like, this is Osiris Torrance, by the way, um, the top interior offensive lineman. He is big. He is physical six, three, six, four, like 330 plus pounds. There are some times on film where he's a little bit off balance and he kind of looks a little bit slow footed because he is so big. But the vast majority of the time, he plays to that size in the run game when he needs to anchor against the Bull Rush, just where the defensive lineman tries to just go right through him. Um, He transferred from Louisiana Lafayette, played one year at Florida, and it did not look too big for him in the SEC. Apparently, he had a very good week down at the Senior Bowl as well. So I think, again, if the Bills zero in on someone like Jaden Reed or another wide receiver later, Osiris Torrance is... Not someone where you say, hey, well, maybe by year two or year three, he can be our starting guard. He's going to be a backup. You draft him, and obviously a first-round pick, you expect to start immediately. But he can be a good player because he has that very close to NFL-caliber strength. And I think that's key for a lot of offensive linemen once they enter the league.
1: One more offensive line guy before I let you go. Matthew Bergeron out of Syracuse, a little bit of a local guy in terms of the school. But I saw a few clips of some of his reps this week. Is he a guy that is predominantly going to be a tackle, or I saw people as well saying that he, he his best spot actually might be guard in the NFL. Is that true, or is that kind of just hogwash of trying to make everyone seem vertical, versatile? Excuse me.
5: No, I I think yeah, no, I think he will would be best at guard in the NFL. He doesn't have crazy lengths um, that you usually like to see for a prototypical left or right tackle. Now, there's certainly some offensive linemen that play tackle in the NFL that don't have 35-inch arms that aren't six seven, but in general, you want that length because you are going to deal with some long edge rushers in today's NFL. And I think at guard, he would be kind of a, a very well-sized interior blocker and he's very athletic. So I think if you're looking at him from a tackle perspective, you say, okay, he's a he's a decent athlete, but he's not – there's not a lot of upside there because, again, he's not long. He's not a crazy athlete. If you put him at guard, I think he would be one of the more athletic, younger blockers at guard in the NFL. And he probably day two will be available. So he's someone that – and then certainly in a pinch, if you need him to play tackle, that's where he – you know, man that left tackle position at Syracuse for multiple seasons and got himself on the draft, uh, draft radar with quality play there. So I, I don't love him at tackle. I think if a team needed to play him there, they could, but he truly is someone usually, and it's usually because of the measurables. And that's kind of how I see Matthew Bergeron, a more mobile, athletic guard at the next level.
1: Chris, before I let you go, let the people know where they can find you, what you got coming up. is, Of course, the draft, you know, it always kind of comes up on us out of nowhere, end of April. What do what, what you got cooking up right now?
5: Uh, a lot. Um, Post Senior Bowl, we're going to start to be on the with the first pick podcast on CBS Sports. It's with Ryan Wilson, Josh Edwards, who are the other two NFL draft analysts at CBS, and former Vikings GM, Rick Spielman, who CBS hired uh, this past season. So it's cool to be on that podcast to hear like draft stories about picking Justin Jefferson and Anthony Barr and Denell Hunter. So we're going to really dive into this class. That's probably what I'm most excited about beyond all the writing that I'll certainly be doing um, with the first pick podcast. Probably two or three days a week uh, after the Senior Bowl, certainly after the Super Bowl, um, to really start to dive into this 2023 draft class.
1: Before the Super Bowl. Who do you like? Kansas City, it seems like every wide receiver's out, or the Eagles, and I, I was reading this morning, apparently we're still on Hurts' shoulder. Who do you like in that game next week?
5: I like the Eagles. I think they're a better team. I think it's like the classic, I don't know like off the top of my head what other Super Bowls this would have necessarily happened in, but to me it just seems like the classic big game of a really good team, almost flawless team when you look at position by position, against a ridiculous quarterback. And I'm not saying I don't trust Patrick Mahomes. I certainly do. I know he can do ridiculous things. But when you're facing a team that has the best offensive line in the NFL, the most sacks in the NFL on defense, a very veteran-laden secondary A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, Miles Sanders, a nice stable of, of secondary running backs, and then a scheme because of all the great moving parts and all those you know, high talented players, a scheme that seems to work very well. I I think the Eagles, it will be close and we will see some ridiculous plays, some unbelievable plays from Patrick Mahomes. But I like the Eagles just because I think they're more well-rounded. And like you mentioned, no Miko Hardman. Um, The Chiefs are kind of banged up uh, in their receiver group. Certainly, I think Patrick Mahomes, like if it comes down to the last couple minutes, I like Patrick Mahomes to make a few more plays than Jalen Hurts. But to me, it just feels like the Eagles' season, with all the trades they made and all the big-time talent that they added on both sides of the ball, that they will ultimately win um, on next Sunday.
1: On the West Tour Hotline, NFL Draft and Player Analyst for CBS Sports, Chris Trapasso. Chris, thank you so much, man, for coming on. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, and I hope we got to talk again soon. Awesome, thanks. That was, again, Chris Trapasso, NFL Draft and player analyst for CBS Sports. We are going to take a quick timeout, and we come back, we're going we're to keep going with the Bills and the offensive line and wide receiver talk. What is the most important position to upgrade for the Bills? You can join the show as well at 803-0550. This is Sports Talk Saturday. Nate Geary has the day off. I'm Zach Jones along with Corey Griswold, and you're listening to WGR.
3: Get your hands on some great new WGR apparel at WGR550shop.com. Load up on T-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies, and more, including a Howard Pick sweatshirt. Get yours now before they're gone at WGR550shop.com.